This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.12. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn. And first up in the spotlight, MACC and Parliament. Or rather, the question of whether MACC should be placed under Parliament instead of its current home within the Prime Minister's department. So its Chief Commissioner has pushed back on that a little bit, raising concerns of possible political intervention if this were to happen. We'd like to hear from you, though. What do you think? Should MACC be placed under Parliament? You can call 7733-2900, WhatsApp, and send us a voice note at 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now to talk about this is Maha Balakrishnan, Parliamentary Consultant and Researcher. Maha, as always, a pleasure to have you with us. Hi, Lynn. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's talk about MACC as it currently stands, right? Who are they accountable to? What does the current system of reporting to the government look like? So under the um, current rules, uh, the MACC Act And uh, other rules set up five bodies to scrutinize different aspects of MECC's work. And this includes the uh, anti-corruption advisory body, uh, a complaints committee, a consultation and corruption prevention panel and operations review panel. And finally, also uh, a supposed parliamentary committee on uh, corruption, which uh, I'll I'll come back to. Um, The trouble with all these bodies is that the appointment of its members is controlled directly or indirectly by one branch of government. Uh, And in fact, one person. Uh, That power really rests in the office of the prime minister. And these bodies don't actually have uh, powers to instruct or to force a response from the MACC. So any of these bodies, um, if they do come up with reports and recommendations, uh, they would still need the might of the executive to be able to see through their feedbacks and recommendations. And I think if we needed an example, we simply need to go back to 1MDB. Uh, When 1MDB hit, the ability or rather the uh, lack of ability uh, and the difficulties that were faced by the these very same oversight bodies at that point uh, to be able to conduct proper scrutiny and oversight uh, and to monitor what was going on uh, at that point in time. So if we take a look at the suggestion then, what would it mean for MACC to be under parliament? Well, I think having a permanent or standing parliamentary committee uh, that would replace most of the existing oversight bodies uh, would not necessarily take over the entirety of the oversight function over the MACC. So the advisory board, for example, which is a statutory board under the MACC Act, would and should still continue to exist and perform its role. So it's not quite right to say uh, that the MACC will be placed under parliament. I think we shouldn't frame it in in those terms. So what a standing parliamentary committee could do over and above the current standing committee that is under Tantri Rise is to monitor and review the performance of the MACC's functions. Uh, This would include the ability to, for example, review MACC guidelines and policies, uh, make suggestions for improvements of its practices, Uh, A committee could also review MACC reports, uh, both the annual reports as well as any um, interim reports, research reports, and so on. They could request reports from the Commission on matters of interest. They could also propose guidelines uh, to improve the way in which the MACC works. 
They could request feedback uh, regarding specific matters of uh, alleged corrupt conduct. Now, a standing committee could also be given the power to receive public complaints on the commission, but it would not and should not have the power to punish uh, or impose sanctions directly on any officer of the MACC. That would remain and should remain a matter within the jurisdiction of the judiciary, not a legislative body. And I, I don't think anyone is asking for this at this point. Um, now, finally, just one more point. Um, I think what such a committee would not be able to do, and again, should not be able to do, uh, is to have the power to act as an authorizing body over MACC's investigations. And I believe this was perhaps one of the concerns that uh, the Chief Commissioner Tansri Azambaki alluded to. Now, again, I, I don't think anyone is actually proposing that. Uh, and I, I doubt that you'd find many politicians who would actually want that. So on that note, uh, as you as you alluded to, MACC's Chief Commissioner Tansri Azambaki has brought up a number of concerns, right, over this idea of MACC and Parliament. Um, he pointed out that they are already an independent body, they can initiate investigations on their own without the need for intervention from other parties um, or that authorization that, that you were referring to. What did you make of the statement? Well, two points here, really. First, I think it's really crucial to separate independence from transparency. Now, every exercise of power given to a statutory authority or a state body like MACC or even PDRM has to be subjected to scrutiny and accountability by some oversight body. Now, somebody must be able to monitor and evaluate how these very powerful state organs are exercising their powers. This is, in fact, the essence of the principle of check and balance. Um, and, and I think we need to be really careful about uh, not confusing independence with unfettered or unchecked freedom. So having independence does not mean not having to answer to somebody for your actions. Having independence means the ability to carry out one's functions free from undue influence. Now, one clear way in which a party can potentially uh, exert influence over you is if they control your job, your salary, your ability to be fired or your ability to have your contract renewed. Uh, and right now, um, with the control of who can be uh, MACC commissioners, uh, who can be members of the MACC oversight bodies, all centralized within the executive and the office of the prime minister, that is the risk. That is the risk. Um, so if, if Tansri Azambaki is actually concerned about MACC's independence, I would say that um, that is the situation that we are facing currently because uh, the system centralizes so much control over MACC in the hands of really one political office. So by transferring some of these oversight powers, um, which are currently in the hands of exec executive control bodies, to a legislative entity, it would actually better protect MACC and its investigators. Because by doing so, what we're actually doing is we are distributing power that was controllable by one individual to an entity that can only exercise that power collectively. So no individual MP on a parliamentary committee can constrain or make demands of the MACC. It would require the entire bipartisan committee acting in majority to be able to do so. 
So I feel like you've already answered this, but I just want to drive the point home because um, another concern was that MACC would be subject to policies set by politicians. And while you rightly point out that it would be a, a body that theoretically should be moving and making decisions collectively, they are still comprising individual politicians. Um, so what do you make of that? Well, so the institutional answer to this is that laws have to be approved by parliamentarians. That's their constitu- uh, constitutional role. And uh, what may be of concern uh, is really how MACC implements and executes these policies and powers, right? Now, again, it is for parliamentarians to scrutinize that because that is part of their constitutional role. And look, in practice, parliamentarians are actually very pragmatic and very long-sighted. So because committees are made up of a bipartisan group of MPs, what we always find is that the group exerts control over any maverick MP. Yeah, so the committees of the Day One Rakyat, for example, what we've seen from how they've been operating these past 18 months, whether these committees are led by a government MP or an opposition MP, they are very phlegmatic. Uh, They would prefer to work together with government agencies under their purview rather than against them. Uh, There are a number of pragmatic reasons for this. First, MPs want to be able to conduct robust inquiries and come up with useful recommendations. Uh, They can't do that if they take an aggressive position. Secondly, they need access to information and the ability to have frank discussions with, uh, with public officers and civil servants. So building a relationship of mutual confidence is crucial. And, you know, finally, all MPs will approach their work on committees as if they will one day be in Putrajaya. So building a good reputation of integrity within the civil service is important to them personally. And are there mechanisms that would or could be in place to ensure the continuing integrity of this process? Well, I think if we're looking at the the idea of of, uh, increasing parliamentary scrutiny over the MACC's work, then the limits within the parliamentary process uh, already protect abuse. For example, uh, it takes the Dewan Rakyat as a whole to determine who the members of these committees will be uh, and also what they can and cannot do. So for this reason, uh, the House as a whole will be able to monitor and act as a check on any parliamentary committee with oversight over MACC. Uh, so I, I think uh, we the concern that a parliamentary committee might uh, go off on a frolic of their own, actually, uh, I, I feel in this current circumstance is actually unwarranted. So what would the procedures be um, if this reform were to go through? Would amendments to the law or the constitution be required? Okay, so um, it depends on on what we're looking at. If we're simply talking about uh, improving the role of a parliamentary committee uh, in oversight over the MECC, then in my view, uh, what we would need are amendments to the MECC Act, specifically Section 14 of the MECC Act, and also uh, to the standing orders of uh, the Dewan Rakyat, possibly the Dewan Nagara as well. Um, this is because what we currently have is, is a committee uh, under that's supposed to be constituted under Section 14 of the MACC Act. Uh, but there are huge problems with how that committee is to be set up. Um, for example, uh, the, the decision on who sits on those committees is actually, at the end of the day, controlled by the prime minister still, right? Which is very different from how uh, other parliamentary select committees operate. Secondly, 
uh, the reporting structure for that committee, as the Act spells out, is that it reports back to the Prime Minister. Again, completely uh, um, conflicting with the best principles of parliamentary democracy. Um, so we would need to amend Section 14, possibly some ancillary amendments, and uh, also the standing orders to, to confirm and to better solidify uh, the powers of, of uh, committee. So there was a point, uh, a further point brought up by Tansri Azambaki, uh, because he kind of looked to examples of MACC's counterparts in other countries um, and said that those that are placed under the legislative branch have to then ask for permission from the Senate or Parliament to investigate high-profile figures, something that you touched on earlier. Um, so what... I think the system... Am I right in understanding that the system, therefore, that we currently have would not at all be this approach? For for that to happen, we would need uh, to have substantial amendments to the MACC Act, uh, requiring the uh, all investigations to investigation papers to be reviewed uh, through a parliamentary committee. Again, I I don't see anyone uh, asking for this at the moment. Um, so I I I'm, but again, he he could have a valid concern. Uh, but again, as I said, it is it is uh, certainly if anyone tries to push something like that forward, uh, they would meet a lot of resistance, I believe, from not just from politicians, uh, but also from the you know academics, uh, from civil society groups that have put, been pushing for more oversight and transparency in MECC's work uh, over the last several decades. Maha, is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Uh, well, I think I would only just say that... Um, these discussions in the public sphere are actually very, very encouraging. Uh, we're currently not simply talking about uh, improving the structures uh, relating to the MACC, but also political funding. Uh, it looks like we may hopefully have a really exciting parliamentary uh, meeting coming up. Um, I would simply say this, with all these, all the discussion around potential institutional changes to some of our core institutions, uh, we should all be paying attention to exactly what is being asked, uh, what is being recommended and what is being discussed. Because at moments like this, one of two things can happen. We can either put in place new policies and reforms that create uh, more democracy, more transparency and accountability, or end up in situations where power is more centralized. Uh, and there is, in fact, uh, more control by the executive over some of these key institutions. Uh, so I think it is what BFM is doing, uh, playing, uh, uh, having a very close eye on, on these developments and uh, looking at it in greater detail. I think uh, it should be encouraged and I hope to see uh, other media outlets do the same. Thank you. Maha, thank you so much for speaking with us. That was Maha Balakrishnan, parliamentary consultant and researcher, weighing in on um, the suggestion and subsequent concern uh, raised by MACC Chief Commissioner Tansri Azambaki about the prospect of having MACC placed under Parliament or more accurately, um, having them report to a standing parliamentary committee. We'd like to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this? Um, is this is this the move? You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So um, just... A lot of messages have come through, a number of which pointed out some, including Lok, among others, that 
perhaps this existing reporting structure has been cause for concern in some rather wide-ranging scandals and, you know, perhaps it's something that we need to look at. Um, we do also have this from Cheryl Akma, who says, it's not just MACC, the armed forces and police should be placed under parliament too. So no one person at the home or defence ministry has complete control over it. The organisation would then be free from political interference. Uh, Shah is similarly saying MACC under parliament, separating AG and prosecution office, having many select and oversight committees for all the above is clear as daylight. Without this, smart Malaysians are held as hostages. And yeah, I mean, I think... Um, the the answer that Maha had earlier to our final question, that idea of institutional change and what we should have and keeping a close eye on it. Hopefully, Shah, these are some of the things, uh, and Cheryl, these are some of the things that get discussed in the next sitting, which we will, as always, be covering under Popit Popit Parliament that is kicking off next Monday at 5pm. In the meantime, though, keep those thoughts coming. Uh, what do you think? Should MACC report to a standing parliamentary committee and not be placed under the Prime Minister's Department as it is right now. You can call us, send us a voice note, WhatsApp, tweet us. We'll be back for all of that after this. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.